Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flame. I behold only God. Rabia the mystic, an Islamic prophet or philosopher. Not prophet, I think that word is used sparingly in that faith. We're listening to the dawn. And while we're listening to it, why don't we all get in sync and start breathing together? Pull breath in through the soles of your feet as though they have the nose in it. I suggest that because it makes it easier to take long breaths. It's a further distance to the lung. Pull your breath up front of your calves, up your thighs. Cross over and under your buttocks to the base chakra, the place we hold all of our fears. And certainly there are a lot of those lately. And let's push those fears back into the earth from whence they came, freeing our spirit. Now pulling a fearless breath up to your sacral chakra zone of creativity. Open yourself up with your fearless breath to all that you can be because we all have a divine purpose. Now pulling your fearless creative energy up to your solar plexus, that area between your breastplate, well actually I'm not sure about the plate part, but between your breasts and your belly button, basically. Maybe a little lower than that. That's the zone of healing. Full healing energy throughout your body. And know that you are enough. You can heal yourself with your thoughts. You set your course with your thoughts. Now pulling your creative, your fearless, creative healing energy up to your heart. Open your heart up by moving your arms out and feel the expansive feeling of loving unconditionally, just as you are loved. Pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up to your throat chakra Forgive. Forgive those who have hurt you and forgive yourself for hurting others. Because we are moving to capture this moment. Now, excuse me, I'm going to start this again. 
Now pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving energy up to the third eye, the zone just above your eyebrows, between your eyes, the zone of manifestation. Imagine you today being all that you can be. Being your divine self. Now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting energy up to your crown chakra, the top of your head. And imagine yourself lifting the top like a baseball cap. And put your hand down, your dominant hand down, and grab the hand of God that is always there waiting for you. And allow your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, divinely inspired energy to fuse with the breath of God. There's a series of Piper tubing, and your breath and God's breath becomes one. Breathe in. Breathe in. Breathe in. Feel that energy infuse your body with the love of God as you breathe out. Manifesting, forgiving, loving, healing, creative, fearless breath. Reach out your non-dominant hand and take the hand of your neighbor's God. Because we all see God differently based on our life experiences. For some, it's everything. And that's me. Everything is God. That's why I love the Rabbi and the mystic. God to me is all that is. For some people, it's not even something they're sure about. For some people, it's a tiny little speck. There are very few people who can completely deny the existence of the miracle of life. But now, feel the energy of God flowing to you through your arms, up across your shoulders, down your other arm, into your neighbor's God. Now let's reverse it. Let's feel the energy from your neighbor's God coming up across your shoulders and down into the hand of your God. Because the reality is none of us are ever completely alone when we recognize that there's something more than us. Let's just breathe together with God beside us and around us, embracing us with unconditional love. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. Wow, there is so much going on lately and so much fear going on lately and such a sense of life being out of control. When actually we're probably the most in control because many of us are self-quarantining, or where I live, I am quarantined. I can't go out without the risk of a fine. But unless I'm going to the store or to a doctor's appointment, only one person in the car, if I have two people with me then, or another person with me, then I'm subject to a potential fine and maybe jail. Not something I'm interested in, so I'm following the rules. But as I look around, people are so angry. Some people are angry because 
their businesses are closed and they've lost profits. Some people are angry because their employers are saying that the business where they work is an essential business, but it doesn't feel very essential to the employee. And frankly, I have to tell you, I'm left struggling what is an essential business. What is a business that is worth an employee risking their lives? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I know, and I've looked around, it seems to be a business that isn't employing people who can work from home, but instead is employing people who need to stand up and deliver at the work site. Kind of reminds me when I was a kid, there was a war going on in Vietnam. And I noticed that it seemed like everyone in my family had to go to war. Everyone. No one was excused. No one was excused. Everyone had to go. We came from the poorest rungs of the ladder here in the United States. So that was where those those soldiers were coming from. And the philosophy was, you know, well, basically one of my teachers said that the philosophy was we can risk those lives because the more important people are back home and they're protecting those people who are still at home. And that's what's going on right now, too, it seems. A little bit of protecting those who are worried about losing their profit dollars. It's a scary time, and I'm not going to get political on this. I certainly have political beliefs, and I know that they periodically come out. Um, But many of the same people that I may have gone to um, church with as a child in West Virginia, although they are not necessarily rioting in West Virginia, people who are similar are claiming we want our rights. And when I was growing up, the concept of having rights was very big. I used to say to people when I would do a speech on the Brown Act in California that where I came from, when people talked about the war, they meant the Revolutionary War. And you notice I've kind of seen that that there's like a thread going through some of these very aggressive protests that come from the Revolutionary War. And so maybe they grew up in the same environment where I did, where if the national anthem is playing on the telephone, on the telephone, on the TV set, you stand up. You stand up in your house. You stand up in the airport. You stand up. And part of the trade-off for this patriotism and the total loyalty that you give to this country, the willingness to die, is that you are not unjustly asked to give up freedoms. And when I was a kid, I used to hear about the... um, Kentucky and Daniel Boone. And, and, you know, Daniel Boone kept going west because he needed more elbow room. At least that's what I was told. And it's interesting. But at what point do we come up against our consciences? I had to go out to get face masks on Monday. And I have to tell you, I understood on a base level how some of the people who are out there rioting right now feel. It was so nice to be away. It was so nice to be in my car. It was so nice to be breathing fresh air that wasn't on my balcony. It was just nice to be alive. And it reminded me of that feeling the first time I had a summer break in first grade, and I was so excited, and I felt so excited just to be out. But I wasn't so excited that I got 
closer than six feet to people or that I didn't wear a face mask. I didn't want to get sick. And if I were sick, I did not want to make them sick. And that's the irony we are facing is how do we deal with all of this? We've all got our beliefs. And let me tell you, you have a right to your opinions. There's no doubt about it. But just because we have an opinion, do we have to express it? Do we demand it? Do we distrust? Do we say that this is not real? Folks, I'm 71 years old. I have never seen body bags piling up outside hospitals in my life before. This is not like any flu I've ever seen. And yet that seems to be the crux of the disagreement. It's okay to go out because really this is a grand hoax being propagated to frighten us. But if it is, I think we are better if we lead with love. When it's done, we will be better. As individuals, we will know that we have listened and done our best. As individuals, we will know that we have ascribed to principles of treating others the way we want to be treated. So my philosophy is, I noticed I was going in, as I was going in to get the masks the other day, someone deferred to me because of my white hair. That was such a courtesy because people are really angry everywhere. And certainly they're angry here in Mexico where things are shut down. Shut down. People can't go to work. People whose lives are causing gringos to feel appreciated and valued and respected and, frankly, in my opinion, somewhat entitled, can't feed their families. In the United States, those who are essential workers are collecting a salary, and now those who are unemployed are getting a bonus of $600. a week. Some people don't even make $600 a week. But they are getting that money to help them over this time. That's not happening here. That's not happening in other places in the world. It is happening in some places. There's no doubt about it. That's Treating other people the way you want to be treated if your job is suddenly gone and there is no idea in sight, there is no firm date about when you can go back to work. Now, there is a firm date on when that $600 ends. That's in June. At the end of June. No, at the end of July, excuse me, I misspoke. At the end of July. But... I guess that's based on the hopes and dreams that this will pass. What if it doesn't? What are you going to do? What are you doing for those around you who, the older people who are supposed to stay in, are you shopping for them? Are you helping them get to doctor's appointments by yourself up and driving your car and then cleaning your car when it's done? Or are you conveying to them that we should just let us die? Because if we die, the social security system would be stronger. There would be less of a demand. It's kind of Darwin-esque, survival of the fist. But is that what love would do? You know, is that what love would do? I dare to say to you that when I was preparing for this show three weeks ago, 
I studied why should we love our enemies? You know, I talk to people about loving others the way you love yourself all the time, but why love our enemies? How can people justify this? Especially I'm confused how they can justify it by quoting the Bible. I don't know if you've noticed that the Bible seems to have a passage for just about every bad conduct people want to engage in. And yet in arriving at justifying that conduct as being religious, people step across the Sermon on the Mount. Where Jesus said, you know, it's not just loving your neighbors, it's loving your enemies. Because it's easy to love your neighbors. It's easy to love the people you like. It's easy to care about the well-being and the welfare of the people that you like. It's not easy to care about those you don't like. And maybe it's time, maybe this illness, this COVID virus will alert us and make us start looking at our inherent prejudices, our prejudgments about the value and worth of people. That some people at risk for minimum wage because that's what we say if you're not a member of that group. If a group of black people showed up in Michigan carrying the rifles that were there last week, there would have been violence because people would have been trying to shoot the black people. We have an unequal world. And it comes from a belief that people think they're better than others. They're more worthy. And that those who have the most are the most worthy. People, if we don't need to have a welfare system, people should just share. How often do you share when you walk by someone on the street? How often do you dip in your pocket and give money? And how often do you say things like, well, I'll buy you a hamburger, but I'm not going to give you the money to buy one yourself. And so you are judging that person as less than. There but for the will of God go I. I think we are all there now. We are all at a place where we are being confronted with our equality. But where are we going with it? So the answer to how to survive COVID-19 as, as a species has been given to us over and over again. I studied for this program and it's, in just about every religious text. To me, it's summed up very well by the Dalai Lama. I don't consider Buddhism a religion. I consider it a philosophy of life. But nonetheless, he says, be kind whenever possible. It's always possible. And you know what stands in the way of kindness is I, our egos, our need to be superior, our need to have more. And we're ingrained with that from the time we are basically born. We watch TV. We look at TV programs that celebrate wealth beyond which any human being needs, let alone a 22-year-old or a family of young adults. 
We celebrate them. We follow them as though they're gods and goddesses of how we should act. And they're not even kind to each other. Although I have to be careful because I haven't watched that show, that Keeping Up with the Kardashians, very often. But the few times that I've seen it referenced, they haven't been being kind. They say mean things to each other. They treat each other disrespectfully. And they act as though they are the only ones that matter, that they are entitled. Ego. When you find yourself in a situation where you're really angry about what's going on around you, step back and ask yourself, why am I so upset? What am I afraid of, really afraid of? Why does this matter to me? And what would love do now? That's the hardest question. Recognizing in ourselves, and I think we talked about this maybe three, four weeks ago, that sense of uneasiness that sense that we're not at peace with all that is, that we're not at peace with ourselves, recognizing those feelings in yourself and then dissecting them, figuring out what's going on with you. Why does this bother you? If it's economics, in the time when so much effort in the United States is being given, to take care of citizens more than I think has ever happened before. Why are you still so angry? Is it that you now have all this free time and you're not getting to go out and spend it at the beach? You now have extra money and you're not able to spend it in person, at stores. Whatever it is, think about it. You're not able to expose other people to any risks that you may carry with you. Is that really how you want to be known? As someone who shares, well, he got COVID, but that's okay because this is still wrong that he wasn't allowed to go out and what? Contaminate others? Cause others to die? What would love do now? So as we're sitting here in a circle surrounded by love, human God, human God, human God, on both sides we feel the presence of God around us. Let us Set aside our egos for a moment. Let us quell the desire to have more for a moment. Let us accept that we are enough and that we have enough to share. If you don't have money to share, then share your generosity of spirit. I told you a couple of weeks ago uh, about my mom going to the house that was dark that had this drip, drip, drip coming from the faucet to take a birthday cake. They had no utilities. They had no water. But my mom was there with a birthday cake and with candles. And believe me, we lived in that neighborhood, so we didn't have a hell of a lot more. Isn't it crazy, but my childhood upbringing just kicked in when I used the H word. And yet, believe me, I do not have a sacred mouth. I'm not above sin. I'm not a perfect person. I don't make perfect decisions. I do think about I. 
with the grace of God. I have been taught to recognize when I'm not at peace with things and to ask myself, myself the questions we talked about earlier. Why am I so upset? How is this affecting me? What am I afraid of? What would love do now? What would love do now? Today has sounded more like a lecture than a discussion of love. And so I'd like to go back, and as we're all here in a contemplative position, let's listen to Be Still, My Soul. And let's together work collectively to send loving energy around the world. I have a friend who lives in Finland, and she quoted something to me one day that I thought was so beautiful. I asked, I'm looking to see, she sent me this quote, and I wrote it down, but I don't know where I wrote it. While we're listening, um, while we're listening to Be Still by Soul, it's a humbling quote, but it's good to remember. So let's go with Be Still by Soul, and I'm going to give you Three minutes and 39 seconds. That's all it takes. Three minutes and 39 seconds to meditate, pulling in loving energy, feeling the presence of God on either side of you. And as that energy comes to your heart, squeeze your shoulders, push your chest down, and love to emanate from you with all of the powerful force of God around you into a huge light, envision a huge light growing and circling point to remind people that the least among us are loved by God. Than I am. We are all. So let's begin. In the next 33 minutes and 39 seconds, and then I will share with you the passage from Eros. Breathing in.
make me one source of light. And the quote that my friend sent to me was one that she had learned in church that Jesus said, what I can do, you can do. Can do, you can't do. So you can make a difference, one person. You are enough to make a difference. You are valuable. You are a light. And when you make a mistake, and we all do, then that provides you an opportunity to know who you are not. Because you can never know who you are till you find out who you are not. What you are unwilling to do. And if you guide your life with the idea of what would love do now, you will be blessed with peace, with the knowledge that you can only do your personal best because you're one player on a giant stage. That there is a script of life and that the only moment we have is now. The past is gone. The future has not come. You may lay it out in your mind but it doesn't work out necessarily the way you planned. So all you have is right now to be your best self. To be love. And when you're not, and there will be times when you won't be, then you know that is not who you are. Shake it off and move on to being your best self. One time someone reminded me of something I had done that may not have been the most loving thing, probably was not. It was so long ago that I don't remember the details. But I looked at him and I said, well, that's who I was then, but that's not who I am now. Put that concept in your vocabulary. You rewrite the script of your life. Every moment, you decide who you are going to be in each moment. You can be love or you cannot be. You can create fear or you can create calmness. You can be kind or you can be unkind. And then there's all sorts of gradations of those things. You know, uh, there's a long way from hate to love. You can be pompous and sanctimonious. You can be practice sophistry and act as though some fake stuff is real. Or you can strive to find a truth that shows the greatest love for the greatest number. And it is that that I was called upon as a child to do back visiting my grandparents in West Virginia. Think about what is best for the greatest number, not just what is best for me. When you get yourself wrapped up in focusing on yourself alone, you basically, as I've used this concept before, block your eye tooth. It becomes me, 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 me. And what's the enemy, really? What creates fear? Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. The greatest good for the greatest number. That's what our country is known for. And when someone doesn't 
recommend doing things that protect other people, that decide that some people are not worthy of protection. Step back. Ask yourself how you feel about it. You don't have to talk to that person immediately. You can talk to yourself and figure out what this means to you. How you feel about it and why you feel that way. And is it what love does now? Is it what love does now? I recognized the other day that probably an hour was a little long for this show. And so I'm I'm going to try to cut it off in the next five minutes or so. And probably in the future, I'm going to set it for 45 minutes. And I'm going to invite more conversation. I didn't do that today. But... Um, I hope that we have some people who want to call in in the future. I'm going to play for you a piano recital or a piano piece called Open Your Heart by Catherine Toyama. And I'm going to ask you, as you manifest yourself today, to keep in mind that your fears change. The only immutable thing that exists is now. And ask you to decide who are you now? Why are you afraid? How did this person become your enemy? And remember, Love your enemies. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Read the Beatitudes if you consider yourself a Christian. These are guidelines for all of us, folks. It doesn't matter what faith you are. What matters is love. That is what God is. God is not picking favorites. And God looks down on us and is with us always, not just looking down from afar, but right beside us right now. We have felt the presence of God surrounding us today, and those of you who call in will feel the same energy and presence. So let's listen to Open Your Heart, please. Divine One, Master of the universe, creator of all that is. Inspire us to be our best selves and awaken in us the ability to recognize your ways when our human ego blocks our eye to. Help us to remember that words are as damaging as bullets. Help us to protect each other. Help us to be kind. Help us to question our motivation. Inspire in us our best selves and help us stand back up when we don't reach that goal. Help us forgive ourselves for the harm that we have caused others and help us forgive others for the harm that they have caused us. I guess that's a lot like forgiving our trespasses or our debtors. But let's not judge our success on how well it's received by others, but on its ability to inspire us to step forward with a new, fresh bounce in our walk 
knowing that we are doing our best to live our lives. It's a struggle in these times not to judge others, but instead, let's react in kindness. Let's be kind. Please, Divine One, open our hearts to you, to the majesty of all that you are, which is everything We ask this in the name of all that is holy, which is all that is. Some people would say amen. Some people would say oh. Whatever word works say, I am your humble servant, Lord God of all things. Teach me to be kind. Teach me that I can do what your messengers did. I send you forth today with my heart full of love for each of you who listen to this show. I don't need to have a lot of listeners. One listener who talks to someone else, who talks to someone else, who knows, we can become viral. I think that if a germ can touch one of us and from touching one of us, we can touch three others make them ill let's use love and if each one of us who is touched because there's a multiplier for the germ one person three people get it each one of them have three people to get it and what when I was a kid I'm understanding Malthus's theory of the population growth it's exponential it keeps growing why don't we do that with love If it's only three, each one of us reaches out in love, not in sexual love, but in love, in real God, unconditional love, not in judgment. And that's multiplied by three for each one of us. And those people multiply it by three. Believe me, we'll make a difference. We have visible proof of that right now. I wish you all a good week, and I hope to talk with you next week and that some of you call in, and I give you a number to call in with help, I know. Peace be with you now and always. Namaste. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.